0: Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild.
1: Here on this
0: mountain top. Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez. Aaron Keller is back in the co-host seat. He was out last week. Aaron, good to have you back.
2: Glad to be here.
0: Of course. And you're here just in time. We have some seasons opening this weekend. By the time some of you are listening to this podcast, some of the seasons will already be open. So we thought who better to get in here than some of our big game staff specialists. We have Mike Cox and Cody Schroeder. Welcome, both of you.
1: Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Ashley. Glad to be here.
0: Of course, good to have you guys in the podcast room. Feels good to be back in here.
2: Yeah, and this podcast topic is, uh, I mean, we're like, it, it happens all around the halls around here, as far as like hunting seasons are starting. And yes. We're like, let's just record one so that everybody else can hear what we talk about.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I think we wanted to a few weeks ago and then between scheduling, I think, Mike, you even won out scouting, <laughs> which yes. is why we didn't get one recorded sooner. So um, on top of you guys being big game staff specialists, both of you also have tags, right?
1: Yeah, I've got an archery and a rifle tag.
0: Nice. What about you, Cody? I have
3: two rifle tags, one for deer and one for, for elk, but they don't yes. start until October. So, so
0: you still have time.
3: I do, but... <laughs> I'm time's running out. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Yeah.
0: We were saying, let's talk about how to get in shape for hunting. And you were like too late for that. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, it's never too late, but yeah, I think people, whether you're on a stationary bike, but certainly I think I would suggest people to actually do what they're going to do, which is put a pack on, put some weight on, get up some elevation, try to, try to get in a few days each week. Try to make sure you're progressing um, in your training. And, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be warm, So f- at least for me, for my archery hunt. So don't be bashful to get out there when it's warm and make sure your body's ready.
0: And you actually went scouting, and some people might be like Cody and they have later seasons. Um, they're still going to be getting out scouting. Any tips you want to give to them while they're getting out there?
1: Well, I th- you know, we sh- maybe we, sh- we talked about prep. You know, there's some things before you actually go scout Mm -hmm. to help. And we were talking about all the great online mapping tools that, you know, Google Earth, uh, some other applications that would be great to just review some of the areas you're looking into, what the trails system is, the road access, and then have those options when you do go scout. And then you you can check you know, the three or four different sites that you found online through the mapping exercise to help reduce the amount of time you might burn gas going here and there. Right.
0: Like we always say no before you go.
3: Yeah, and I'll just add that it's always, I mean, it's way better in my opinion to, if you can, if it's possible to get out there and experience it yourself real life. So it's one thing to look in Google Earth, uh, and plan out your whole hunt that way. And you might find some good areas. But you might find things that that road you thought was open isn't open. It's in terrible condition. You might not be able to get up as far. You know, all these kinds of things. Just learning the area and seeing it. Uh, a lot of the mountains are, <laughs> in reality, a lot <laughs> bigger than they look that's like in Google right. Earth. So that's yeah. another good good way to, <laughs> totally. to if you can, get out Yeah, uh, and the other, one, the other ex- one
2: for me is uh, water, right? We're in the driest state in the nation. And many times I've marked a point on a map, went to that point, and have it be dry or have it be look different than I thought, and, you know, that's just a mental check mark that yep. it's like, okay, I've seen that now, you know, and you could come back there if it looks good, if it doesn't. Then well, and this
1: won't. year it's been schizophrenic out there with mm. all these thunder boomers hitting, but they're very spotty. So I think, Aaron, you got a great point that when you need to get out, Cody, too, to those spots because you may have been, that may have been in a rain shadow or it may have been just hammered by several thunderstorms that have greened things up yep. and, and provided water availability. So it'd be good to see which which areas you're looking at within your unit have had rain and which ones haven't. Yep.
3: Yeah, and I would just add, and this kind of gets into the prep phase, is So there's two things with water, really, there's water for the animals. So obviously early in the season, it's going to be super important because animals are going to be concentrated on water. But you yourself needing water if you're camping, if you're backpacking, some of those spring sources that were there in years past might be dry. Uh, You know, they look great in Google Earth, but you get out there and they're dried up. So you might want to find a few alternate water sites and have really good prep. Water filters, I've had experiences in the past where they failed you know clogged up didn't have my little flush tool with me or whatever uh it's always good to have two or you might have to be packing water in in some cases or at least having some in your truck that you could pack extra if you, if those water sources are dry
2: yep great point and i think you and i've talked about that in the past having to drop off even farther off the mountain to go get fresh water there's nothing is worse than that is <laughs> we've all <laughs> been there and it's the
3: chore of that <laughs> you know
1: Um, Something else that came up, because we're actually um, doing the Big Horn Ram seminar tonight, um, and that we we talk about hunt prep big time in that seminar. But there's a lot of road access down in Clark County where there are some restrictions for your vehicle, for your UTVs. So you may want to check with Park Service, BLM, uh, the counties. They may have restrictions on... uh, some of the two tracks that you may want to try to get in um off the highway
0: good point point. and then also back to that seminar by the time people hear this that will have happened but we post all of our seminars on our youtube and there's a ton of great ones that could help you get planned for your hunt
2: yeah and it seems like every day we come up with new ideas of things we could do to put on our youtube that exactly so if anybody is listening wants to leave any comments of ideas of things we could do or talk about on the podcast um we do appreciate that for sure. Yep. So when you, when you get uh, a unit that you've never been to, what's the first thing you do? Do you start with the e-scouting? Like what, you know, most people are, do, or do you start calling your friends and say, have you ever been there? Or how do you guys kind of approach that? Do you plan a family camping trip and go out, you know, the first time or?
3: I mean, that is a great way to do it. And I, I've done that before. I, I, I kind of do a combination. I, I, if I get a new area, I usually just start looking at maps online first to get myself familiar. And then I might talk to coworkers or people I know that have hunted there before. If, if I know somebody and get familiar, but yeah, start planning trips. Family's a great way you can get out, start hiking, start testing out your gear, making sure it's all in good working order before you get out on your hunt, uh, your optics, make sure they're all in good working order.
0: This um. almost sounds like the fun part of the whole experience to me. <laughs>
1: I fun. think to be successful, as Cody is alluding to, you, you really do have to spend some time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think roads are important to start with. So even though you may not be ready to go on the mountain, um, I think just to see where the r- your road access and the jumping off is is a good weekend to start with.
3: Yeah, yeah, and finding camping spots. I mean that that's another thing is you get out there, depending on what tag you have, uh, you know, that camping spot you were planning on might not be open, so you might want to have a couple backups there planned too. Um so that's another good way to uh, you know, kind of a combination. Find find some good areas either with a forest service map or a BLM or a or Google Earth, but then have a few backups so when you do get out there if you go you know, scouting you can you can kind of look at some good camping spots whether you're hunting from your truck as a base or you're hiking in you know miles it's always good to kind of get a lay of land before you head out there
2: yeah i uh i think another good one for me is trailheads and you know where you're gonna hike in from or parking spots like mike said because as you get eyes on that land you're you're gonna go to certain spotting knobs or you're gonna see how thick the mountain is you don't get that on google earth necessarily so
3: even basic things like road signs are notoriously uh, unreliable as, I, as I've found, you know, BLM uh, lands aren't always like two tracks, aren't always marked. So if, if somebody tells you where to go or you saw it on the map and then you get out there and you miss the, there was no sign. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's another way of just learning the roads and getting familiar with it, you know, before your hunt starts, that's going to save you a lot of time. So you can just go right to where your campsite is or the trailhead and start hunting when you're when your season starts yeah but uh one thing i I did want to uh talk about is you know you mentioned that we do have seasons uh starting uh you know august 1st so if you're a slacker like me you haven't got out (laughs) and scouted (laughs) yet uh and my hunt starts in october uh just be respectful of other people out there uh there's seasons likely going to be going on if you're going out scouting uh you know starting this weekend and so you know, depending on the species, they're not all, all the animals aren't going to be in the exact same spot. But I would just say, you know, if you see somebody out there and they look like they're, you know, hunting another species or they have a tag, just kind of be respectful, stay clear of them, you know, give them their space. If you see them driving up the road, maybe give them, you know, 20, 30 minutes, let them get to where they're going before you get out and start making a ruckus. Yeah, Uh, for sure. And and then that'll just, you know, it's just better for everybody. And, You never know, in return, you might get some information from from folks that are out there hunting for your tag that might apply, and if you're nice to them, they're gonna maybe volunteer that information. If you guys get in a conflict, they're not gonna offer that up.
2: Yeah, I think uh, (coughs) that's a great point, especially because a lot of the tags that are opening August 1st are archery tags. Yeah. So somebody that's going out scouting, don't just drive up on the waterhole, right? Don't just drive up up onto the spring or onto the guzzler, because you never know, somebody might be
1: Archery up. hunting might in be that hunting. area,
2: yeah. So you don't want to drive right into their setup. You could mess up something that they've scouted for months. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, I I have a deer archery tag, and I went scouting three weeks ago, and um, nobody else was up there. I did definitely learn more about the roads. There was several basins I was looking into, and um, I, I backpack hunt, so I backpacked in um, the vegetation was definitely important to know access uh through some of the thick shrubs y- you've got to know what ridge you can get to and how you're going to get there um but um actually I had weather it rained on me
0: oh yeah you Which mentioned the crazy bad. weather lately. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: but um you know i brought my spotting scope and uh did a lot of glassing early morning late afternoon and um I was really fortunate to spot a bachelor group of bucks and um, watched them, patterned them, look at what they were feeding on, looked at uh, when they started bedding and some of their access points, uh, little corridors from their water sources to their feeding sites. And, um, and then I you know checked on them the next day, just kind of see what was consistent and uh so it was for me it was fruitful um to get out and to get the uh get the legs burning (laughs) get the lungs burning but also sit my ass down and in glass and glass Mm -hmm. yep, and pick things apart
0: lots of good information yeah i
3: think that's another thing that people you know it's it's very hard to sit still (laughs) Uh, but early season it's a little better because you're not you don't have that anxiety like hey i got to get this done so that's a great time to just as mike said plop down and spend as much time as possible behind your optics uh and even looking at stuff that may be marginal or you know stuff like that that you didn't notice in google earth you could spend more time on it than you might during your hunt because you got you got the you got time
2: yeah and it's going to be warm so you're not going to be just trumpsing around as much in the middle of the day. You can kind of glass it and see, yep.
1: w- start picking out spots. And Yeah, um, and I, I was able to think about, hey, we've got malt mahogany patches over here, and I've got some shrub cover, shrub cover over there, uh, where the water is. And so uh, I think it was just really laying out, where can I camp? Where can I camp where I'm not going to be in the midst of the animals? And what am I gonna do in the early morning when it's pitch dark? And how am I gonna get up there? And uh, if I do get something down, uh, what's, what's gonna be my route out uh, with pack heavy? So, uh, so for me, it's just uh, so critical to get some of those questions answered, along with water, you know, will that spring mm-hmm. dry up in, in by the time I'm out? Or wow. will it still be flowing? And well, I have that available to me. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a good information, and we will get into this more right after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. Long
1: gone to good, if you're gone, I'm put my boots and my hat back on,
0: I'm long gone to if you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, we are talking about all of the preparation that goes into a hunt. We have Big Game Staff Specialist Mike Cox and Cody Schroeder joining us today. And Aaron, during the break, you were saying there's some there's some anxieties that, they, that you have. Yeah. I other.
2: mean, I was just nodding as Mike was yeah. talking before we took a break. And it's because all the stuff he's talking about is all of the stuff that causes people anxiety on opening day or, or moving into their season. And as you knock those off your list, it's going to make it more enjoyable. If you're in better shape, if you have your gear in order, if you have a spot you're going to camp, if you're, I mean, those are all things. If you've shot your gun, you've shot your bow it's going to make your time out hunting way more enjoyable.
3: Yeah, you want to make sure your gear is dialed before you get out on your hunt. I mean, that seems obvious, but scouting is a great way to test it. Test your backpack fit. Test your optics. Test your water filters. You know, everything.
2: Well, I got the biggest one, and that's breaking your boots. (laughs) You definitely (laughs) don't. (laughs) You don't want to go out with a (laughs) brand-new pair of boots. You do not. (laughs) And uh, so they might be $450 boots. You wear them the first opening day, they're not going to – it's not going to end well. Yeah. So.
3: And bring some duct tape and band-aids just in case. Because right? Those yeah.
0: are <laughs> things a lot of people probably don't think about. So right. <laughs> they need to hear that. So this. we were talking <laughs> about during the
2: break, like even going out and picking a camp spot. of Those people that drive out with an RV on the day before the hunt, you know, you're trying to find a spot. There's just added stress you don't need. And I'm
0: such a planner that that just sounds terrible going out there with no prep ahead yeah and my <laughs> buddies I'm
2: probably not the one that should be talking I'm you know I'm one of those last minute type yeah, people but I've hunted preaching. for <laughs> a long time so I got my gear dialed it's you know picking all the spots and and like you said like the route up there we've had horror stories of guys that work for us that they go out opening day and they they're hiking up and they hit giant sea and Othus patch and they're like oh man I thought this was open you know, so even just hiking up to where you want a glass is
1: definitely beneficial.
2: So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, Aaron, you were talking about, you know, how do you find animals when you're scouting and, and hunting? You know, and if we've if you've been out there long enough, you kind of know what to look for. But certainly, um, each species is different. So, for mule deer, um, I think you're going to want to look for that that food source um and and it's going to be for my for myself it's still going to be forbs on the ground that are green up high um but don't don't overlook some low elevations. some of the some of the big bucks like to hang out low um mahogany patches are a favorite spot for bulls and bucks to hang out and shade and so for me i'm just i'm always looking for that combination of of where they're gonna bed up um where they're gonna pull out and feed and as as you were talking uh, sign you know pay attention to to what's on the ground are there pellet groups are there bed sites um that are that are giving you the nod that yep they're in the area now i just got to glass them up and then and then where to glass uh those those high points those ridge lines those outcrops that give you that full view that you want to have a really good view and take and then be aware of sun you want that sun behind you um and so if you're going to be scouting or glassing in the morning or in in the evening uh be prepared to to move to a site that is going to give you the benefit of that sun totally
2: agree with all that and when we before we started recording you you said you had goals right it's like what are your goals of going scouting there's a, that could be anything you don't necessarily need to see the animals if you get into a spot and it's you know blown up with elk sign and you could walk through and it smells like elk you found a good spot right you don't need to see them you just see the sign you see the trails that are coming to and from you can kinda map out the water around there and then you can back out you know sometimes find a good spot to glass from. Depends on how good your optics are too, so. So do you have plans to go s- to go scout?
3: I do, yeah. I, I will eventually get out there. Uh, yeah. And all these things I will cover uh, when I get out there testing my gear, looking for animals, looking for sign. Um, you know, and uh, I think of it as the big three myself. Food, water, security cover. And you could think of it as kind of a triangle. Those animals are probably gonna be in one of those three places or go in between y- when you're scouting early season and, and when the hunting season starts. So, you know, if you're out there in, you know, midday, for instance, and there's not a lot of activity, you could still look for signs, trailing routes, pellet groups, as Mike said, you know, day beds in like mahogany. If you're finding day beds, it's probably a good chance deer, other deer might be gonna use those at a different, you know, different time of the year. So I like to look at that. In terms of getting up, we mentioned uh, getting high on little knobs and things like that. It's a great way to get, get the lay of the land. Um, don't hesitate to look top to bottom, um, especially might cover the light, but a lot of times, in my experience, bucks especially uh, will hang in the shadows as much as they can. Even in the morning, they will kind of follow that shadow line, so they'll try to stay out of the sun. I mean, you might catch them in the sun early in the morning if it's cool, but they love to stay hidden. Yeah, yep. and and you can kinda pick apart those shaded areas, those shaded pockets as the day progresses a- and watch them almost feeding up feeding up hillsides. Yep. Good point. Yep.
1: Do not be bashful to get those optics in the shade. It's harder to see, but you'll be amazed at wow, there's there's that guy. He's he's not even gonna stick his head up above that shadow. Yep. Yep.
0: Mike, I see you're jotting stuff notes down over there.
1: Well, you know, we're, we've been talking, I think, more on uh, deer and elk, but for pronghorn, bighorn, um, in fact, we just had our seminar earlier this week for pronghorn, you know, the spud piles uh, where either they urinate, defecate uh, to set their territories, you know, keep keep your eye out for that. And uh, if there is some pinion juniper nearby, don't don't think that they won't use some of that cover a little bit especially for shading uh, but certainly water sources are going to be key uh, for pronghorn hunting um, for bighorn you know they're <clears throat> if you got a desert tag be prepared don't don't burn yourself out there it's, it's probably 110 degrees in some of our units so you may want to wait you may want to pace yourself get get your body in shape but um, maybe not get real earnest in in going after your your big horn scouting until October, uh, where it's a little cooler, and the animals could be um, in the areas you might be hunting come, you know, mid-November. So, uh,
2: what do you what do you um, tell people that have like a unit that has like a low number of tags, like say like three tags? What advice do you give to somebody like that?
1: Well, definitely want to pick other people's brains. Uh, as much as you can uh, it's a low density herd obviously um, uses much information from our website like where was some of the past harvest locations of bighorn mm-hmm. uh, which is which is provided um, and then just again you may not pick those animals out uh, you can glass till your eyeballs fall out even during the hunt you may not see that ram but if If you're seeing sign, if you're seeing beds on that hillside, if you're seeing that trailing through the loose rock, um, then they're probably there. It's just that you're just not seeing them. They could be on the back ridge. Uh, Don't start, don't question yourself too much if you find all that sign. Go back, go back Yeah, And
2: I think it's really important. We we put out a bunch of um, information to hunters as far as like you know past harvest data and things like that that they could thumb through and and scroll through and and pick up some good repetitive kind of information and my brother-in-law is the exact opposite of that he went through and saw where everybody was killing and he's like that's not where i'm going to start scouting he said uh, i'm going to check the whole rest of the unit because i i know that i could always come back to that towards towards closer to the season and I like that uh, in there. Yeah. So he's philosophy. Been, he's been burning mm-hmm. up uh his tires and everything else all summer scouting and
3: I mean I think that's just great advice in general as if, you know, there's some of our seasons can get a little more crowded, uh especially early rifle seasons. I mean if if you can get away from roads uh even a mile, uh, it, you know, usually hiking wise and and look at a little drainage that maybe is not obvious. Animals once they get pressure are going to respond to that pressure in some way and they're likely going to find areas that aren't pressured. So even if it's not that far from where you saw them early, uh, look at another side of the mountain or the bottom of a valley or something like that. Yeah, that's great. If you're seeing lots of people and tracks, you might want to go a little farther or go to a different mountain range and find even if it's a lower density area, you know, you'll have you might set yourself up for success. Yeah, I
2: think that's a great point um, to what you were talking about earlier. Like if you come in, if you talk to somebody that had an archery tag, but you have a muzzle or a rifle tag, use that, but then also know that, yeah, they're probably going to push up the mountain or they're going to go to a hole that is not necessarily that one that the archer was hunting on, but a little bit further up the hill or maybe a little bit farther off. Our game warns say that, what is it like, they can find most hunters like within 1,000 feet of their – ATV or truck so when they start glassing they find a vehicle and they just start doing circles until they find the person so it's the same thing like get past that and you'll see more animals and you'll have less pressure to those animals too and like you'll
3: probably have a better experience overall honestly when you're not competing with other guys
2: you're for the same animals being animal. successful will definitely go up
3: yeah for sure so
1: yeah and for for those late season desert bighorn hunts if you're gonna scout they're probably gonna be near water through October, but uh, once, once late October hits, they could be uh, several, you know, a couple miles from water. So you might see the animals you want, you might see a couple great rams, but they could be far away. So be prepared to think, okay, where's the good forage that they can go? A bi- an old biologist said, rams are just waiting to go away from water. They, they're just, they can't wait until they don't need that water. So, so be prepared to know. Well, where are they going to go after I spotted them in October? They were on water, and now my hunt is November 20th, and they're not on water. Yep.
0: Um, we are getting down to the last few minutes. Any, l- just overall takeaways you want people to get out of this podcast as we wrap up here.
3: I don't. I just say do as much homework as you can, talk to as many people as you can, uh, and and spend as much time out there you know, looking and walking around if you if you have the time before your season starts. That's probably the best advice I could give.
0: Yeah. What about you, Mike?
1: Yeah, don't shortchange your scouting opportunities. Um, you know, I know you've probably got your calendar mapped out for, you know, you're going to be out for a week. But um, try to spend a couple different uh, long weekends out for sure, if not more. So it yeah. will pay dividends. Scouting will pay dividends yep
2: yeah i'd echo kind of what both you guys said and and don't short yourself on the the joy of going scouting so don't see it as work see it as an extension of your hunt and that you get to be out there you get to go camping you get to go hike around um yeah start packing in some water start doing some things that that's going to make it more enjoyable when your hunt comes and i think you'll be happy
0: Well, thank all of you guys for the advice. You too, Erin, added so much good insight there for people. And thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild.